Hey everyone, welcome to On The Market. I'm your host, Dave Meyer, today joined by James Daynard. Thank you for joining me today, James. It is a very exciting day for me. My book comes out today. And I, you know what? I just got it today. I opened it up. And? Uh, well, I got I to gotta read it first. I can't believe you didn't cancel this recording <laughs> to spend all day reading actually, my book. Actually, I would like you to read it out loud to me at night, if we can arrange that time. That's actually what this podcast is going to be. I'm just going to read the entire book <laughs> in real time. And 14 hours later, you'll all have the full book. Well, it's freezing across America, so you could do a fireside uh, chat. <laughs> Get things warmed up. Yeah, exactly. But this is a perfect book for what we're diving into. We're going to talk to Rick, who is going to go over investor sentiment and how things are changing, how the investment's different. And, you know, for those who don't know, Dave's book really helps you give clarity in what you're trying to do and trying to invest. And it is so key as an investor to have that clarity, especially in today's market. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, the the book. If you if you haven't heard about it, I'll just give a a quick plug while we're here. But uh, it's called Start with Strategy, and it's basically helps investors, whether you're just starting or you have experience, come up with your own strategy. So if you think the market's going to be bad or good, or you have a little money or a lot of money, whatever it is, you can come up with a strategy that works for you. Um, and this book is basically a step-by-step -step process to help you figure out what approach to real estate is going to be best for you and your long-term goals. If you want to check it out, you can find it at biggerpockets.com slash strategy book. And if you're listening to this on the day it comes out on January 18th, this is the last day that you get all the pre-order bonuses. So there's actually this awesome planner. It's going to be sold separately in the future, but it's basically a, a whole workbook that helps you build a business plan for real estate investors. And you get that for free if you order it today by going to biggerpockets.com slash strategy book. All right, enough with me pitching my book. We do have a real podcast episode for you today, and it's a good one. We have Rick Sharga. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. Rick is the CEO of CJ Patrick, and him and his company put together an investor sentiment survey that, as far as I know, is really one of a kind. I haven't seen any other data that really measures how regular, relatively small to medium-sized residential real estate investors feel about the housing market. So today, we're going to jump into that. James, how do you use or think about investor sentiment and you, and like how does that data sort of inform your strategy? Investor sentiment actually makes a huge difference in the deals that we're doing today. You know, as investors, we've been buying since 2005. And so, you know, we've been through the market crash of 2008. We saw the market slow down in 2016 and we've seen the market change rapidly uh, over a duration and also a slow change. Where we've made the most amount of money in wealth as far as buying properties, keeping them and renovating them is when there's the most amount of fear in the market. And sediment creates bigger margins. You know, when people are spooked, there's less competition. You get better profits, better walk-in margins, better cash flow, typically over time or better long-term growth. It's very important. And it sounds weird, but the more spooked people are, the better opportunities that they're out there. That's so true. And I think you'll you'll hear a little bit about that. We did get an opportunity to read uh, Rick's report before we interview him. But and I think there's some really interesting nuggets in there about sentiment and how it actually has this interesting relationship to 
profit. And it's probably not what you think. So make sure to listen to the entire interview with Rick because there are some very actionable steps for you and your strategy in 2024. We are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with Rick Sharga, CEO of CJ Patrick. Rick Sharga, welcome back to On The Market. Thanks for joining us once again. Always a pleasure, Dave. Thanks for having me. As a reminder to our audience, Rick has been on the show a couple of times. Most recently, he joined us, I think it was episode 131 back in August, to talk about a new investor sentiment survey that he and his company, CJ Patrick, have developed. And today we're going to dig into a few things, but we're going to start with a follow-up on that survey to see how investor sentiment has evolved since we last spoke to Rick about six months ago. So Rick, before you spill the beans about how people are feeling, can you just remind people about the scope of the survey, what data you're collecting and who you're talking to? Yeah, we we reach out nationally to um, investors who who do fix and flip investing, who do uh, rental property investing who do wholesaling, uh, and we collect uh, a few hundred responses uh, from, from across the country. And I think it's it's probably pretty reflective of your audience, Dave, in that uh, the overwhelming majority of the, these investors are people who buy between five and 10 properties a year, uh, which I think really is is what most of the investment market is is, is made up of anyway. Um, but but yeah, we, we, it's an online survey. This is our, our third of the quarterly uh, surveys that we do. And uh, that's really about what this is. So Rick, can you tell us just a- examples of questions that you're asking investors from quarter to quarter? Yeah, we, we asked them uh, what the market is like for investing today. Um, we we asked them for their outlook, what they how they feel the market's going to be for investing six months out. Uh, we asked them uh, what the biggest challenges they're facing are, uh, what their price expectations are, um, we ask them, um, you know, some 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 pointed questions like whether or not they expect the country to go into a recession. Um, we ask them where they do their investing, how many properties they invest, what type of investing they do, you know, whether they're they're a flipper or, or a rental property owner. Uh, so those are the types of questions. And and every now and then we'll throw in a, a topical question if there's something going on in the market that seems a little bit new or unusual. Uh, for example, in in this most recent survey. Uh, we asked them some questions about insurance, uh, which hadn't been a, a topic we'd covered before, but we'd heard uh, heard some rumblings from the industry that insurance was becoming more and more of an issue, and the survey results certainly uh, certainly bore that out. Buy low, sell high. Very easy to say, but not always so easy to do. For example, high interest rates are hurting the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices in a lot of markets are falling, even for many of the best assets. So it's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash pockets, fundrise.com slash pockets. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. 
With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 for three months required. New subscribers only. Renew for 12 months to lock in savings. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com. Did you know that short and medium-term rentals offer double the cash flow compared to long-term rentals? It's true, and rent to retirement just made investing in them easier than ever. Now you can buy fully turnkey short-term and medium-term rentals that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed. Maximize your cash flow, appreciation, and equity while rent to retirement takes care of all the rest for you. Plus, their creative financing options like interest rate buy-downs can get you a rate in the low fives and their investor loans let you buy multiple properties with as little as 5% down. Not 20%, 5% down. But why buy with rent to retirement? Their investors just like you and me and rock one of the highest reputations across bigger pockets with more five-star reviews than any other company on our site. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with some of the best cash flowing markets today. Okay, great. Well, there's a lot to to unpack there. I want to hear about this insurance. I've been hearing a lot about that as well. But let's let's just start with investor sentiment. How are people feeling about the market? So can you just rephrase what the question is and and how people feel generally right now? Yeah, we, we ask what the environment for residential real estate investing is compared to a year ago. So that's that's really where we start things off. And, and investors, I, I believe, have a tendency to be somewhat optimistic. Uh, so in this case, about 40% uh, said it was either better or much better than it was a year ago. About 27% said it was about the same. Uh, and a little over 33% said it was worse than it was a year ago. So it, it kind of you know runs uh, the, the gamut uh, in, in terms of the opinion of investors, but you know slightly more felt it was better than, than the other categories combined. You know, I love this survey because it, it's taking real pulses from people that are in the market. You know, it's not just data. It's not just predictions. It's, you know, what's going on and what are you feeling as an investor? And, you know, we I think we've seen a big shift over the last 12 months um, in, in the perception from investors. And, and part of that is just the interest rates have slowed down on the hiking. And so this like 2008 doom and gloom panic that's in the back of everybody's minds is kind of starting to cool down. And then also the stats are a little bit weird out there in the sale market. We're seeing low sales. Yes, things aren't really in, you know, sometimes it's taking a little bit longer to sell properties. But at the end of the day, what investors, especially fix and flip, they're selling a really good product that's renovated. It's nice. People want it. Even if it's at the upper echelon of the price point, people still need it and they want it and it's still selling well. So even if the data and the stats are a little bit different in the market, what we're working in, we're feeling a lot differently and it's really changed everything. And especially with the Fed saying they're going to slow down the rate hikes, the, the really the mentality of investors has changed a lot in the last 30 days. We're seeing very, very high demand. So, and unfortunately, our, our survey isn't quite as current as that that current dip in 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 uh, in interest rates but but your point is is extremely valid if if we go back to when we did the spring survey 
that was coming out of a time when inventory was at an all-time low. Interest rates were the highest they'd been in 40 years. Uh, and, and not surprisingly, um, investor sentiment was lower. Uh, we, we've actually gone from a 30% positive number to 40% uh, in, in the subsequent two quarters. And I think that is an indication that market conditions are, are improving for investors. The other thing that I think is probably really germane here is that there's a very different uh, mentality among fix and flip investors uh, than there is in rental property investors. Uh, and that probably has to do with improved finance costs uh, and the fact that, that house prices which had been actually declining going into the summer, have been coming back up since June. So if you talk to flippers, about 51% said they were better than, than last year and they expect mm. things to improve in the next six months. Whereas if you talk to rental property owners, only 20% thought conditions were better today and, and only 22% expected things to improve over the next six months. And I, I believe that's indicative of the trends you were talking about and the fact that we've seen uh, rental asking prices drop significantly year over year. So it's probably a little bit of a, of a tighter market for rental property investors today. Harder to make those numbers pencil out than it is for flippers. That's super interesting, Rick. Yeah, it, it makes sense, though. I think in a market that is stabilizing and you know grew a little bit last year, at least on a national level, that bodes well for flippers. It seems that a lot of rental investors, at least ones I know to, or talk to, we're hoping for prices to come down a little bit to do a little to experience a little bit of a reset on the price to rent ratio, being able to buy more cash flow for value. And that hasn't really happened in the majority of markets. And so it seems to still be a tough environment out there for rental property investors. And I do want to jump over to, to, to talk about flippers in just a minute, but I want to follow up on renters for a second or rental property investors. Your survey shows that sentiment has improved. It's still a little bit lower than flippers. Does that correlate or can you tell if it correlates to actually intention to buy? Does that mean more people plan to buy in 2024? Or what implications does this have for the market over the next few months? I'm, I'm speculating here, but it's it's based on what data we have. I, I believe the, the, the rental investor sentiment being weaker is really all about math. Uh, we're, we're seeing home prices go up. Mortgage rates haven't come down that far. And asking rental prices in some markets are actually in negative territory. So it, it is a much tougher market for a rental property owner today than it probably was six months ago. And the conditions don't look likely to improve dramatically over the course of 2024. If you look at most uh, most economists forecast in, in terms of what's likely to happen in the housing market. Uh, the consensus is we see prices go up and we, we only see a, a kind of marginal decrease in financing costs. That combination, plus the fact that we had a million new apartment units come online last year, which kind of flooded the market with inventory, does kind of combine to make it uh, tough sledding for, for rental property investors for a little while. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, we, we we run a brokerage out in the Pacific Northwest that does a lot of investor acquisition, multifamily, single family, fix and flipper rentals. And what we've definitely seen over the last, I would say, 12 months is, you know, the investors that have been investing for 5, 10, 15 years 
on a long-term approach, those are the ones, that's at 25% that you're talking about, or the 22%. They have that long-term approach where they're going, okay, well, I'm buying a property on value right now. It's, you know, it, where I'm getting a good price. Because right now, when you're looking at rental acquisitions, even when we're closing on them, the cash flow is not great. But the value is really great where you're looking at, oh, hey, I'm buying this at replacement cost or I'm buying this a door cost that's 35 percent below what it was 24 months ago. You know, with that sediment, it, I feel like because, you know, a lot of the sediments just based on the trends, you know, and over the last 36 months, we've seen this cheap financing and the trend was just buy assets, buy assets, grow your portfolio and collect your cash flow and you know, it rushed everyone into the market, but that's why it's cooled down so much because the only ones really transacting are the long-term investors and the 1031 exchangers. And other than that, the rental math doesn't work very well unless you're you're buying for that really long-term approach. Yeah, I, I guess the, the, the one little glimmer of hope for those investors is if you can make the numbers pencil out today, uh, the odds are that the investment grows in value over time. Uh, you know, your rent price is going to go up pretty much every year, uh, at least a little bit. And the likelihood is that we see mortgage rates drop by about two points, at least in the next year to 24 months. You know, at some point, you're, you're probably going to be able to refinance that that loan you got at into a into a lower rate. Uh, and that's something you really can't do with a lot of other investments is, you know, re- reduce that base uh, expenditure. So uh, I, I, I do think uh, that coupled with the fact that, you know, depending on whose numbers you look at, somewhere between 20 and 25 million prospective home buyers have been priced out of the market by the combination of, of high home prices and high mortgage rates. Uh, and they got to live somewhere. Uh, so likelihood is they're, they're probably going to look to rent. And, and I do think at least for the next couple of years, while we, we kind of reset the price uh, price parameters in the housing market, that's going to provide opportunities for rental property owners. Rick, when you talked about insurance being added to this survey, first of all, you mentioned before we get into the data, you mentioned that people were grumbling about it. What is the grumbling you've heard of? Well, I, I can speak as a California homeowner before we even get into the investor area. Um, so I, I was with the same insurance company in the same house, never filed a claim, never missed a payment, 22 years, got a notice of cancellation. What? Out of the blue. Um, oh, my God. And it's because wow. California reconfigured the risk areas in the state based on wildfire. Now, also keep in mind, there hasn't been a wildfire within miles of my house in the last 20 years. But we're now in a risk area. Um, so the, the underwriters are no longer writing policies, and, and this one decided to pull out. So, so insurance companies have actually been pulling out of California. Uh, it's a combination of increased risk, the fact that home prices have soared, uh, and the California Department of Insurance makes it difficult for insurers to raise premiums to reflect those, those higher costs. So in a lot of cases, what I've been hearing from real estate people is that they're having trouble selling a home because the buyer can't get insurance or uh, a buyer may not qualify for a mortgage because they didn't expect their premium would double, which is basically, by the way, what happened to me when I was finally able to, to get new insurance. And we're hearing similar stories in Florida. We're hearing similar stories in Texas. That, that may surprise you a little bit. Florida, obviously, you have the hurricane issues, California wildfire. Texas, it turns out, uh, according to some research from a company called Verisk, 
was the was ground zero for hailstorm activity last year. Hmm. An eighteen percent increase in hailstorm activity, which causes you know billions of dollars of damage. So, so that's what we were starting to hear industry wide. Um, and and I'd heard it from enough investors in those states that uh, it made sense to incorporate it into the survey. And, and by the way, those are three of the four states most commonly noted as where people invest: uh, California, Florida, Texas, and New York. As it turns out, are the four states that that were the the most often cited by the investors who responded to our survey. So, real world question for those people. Every roofer in America is now moving to Texas right now with all those hailstorms. That's a gold rush for them. <laughs> uh, but Rick, so does the does the data actually support what you've heard, and how is it impacting investor returns or sentiment right now? Well, it turns out it is definitely on uh, the minds of investors. About 70% of the investors who responded uh, noted that rising premiums and limited availability of insurance uh, were factoring into their decisions about whether to, to buy an investment property. And about 62% noted that it was somewhat of a hindrance uh, in their ability to, to buy and sell properties. So Definitely something that is is on the minds of investors and and is becoming more of a real world uh, issue when it comes to to their ability to successfully buy and sell these homes. Yeah, and these insurance costs are real, real impactful against these performers. And you know, I think it's something that's it's being missed a lot by investors, especially on the flip. Yep. investors, because when you're buying a rental property, you're getting your insurance quote and you're working into your expenses, it's going to affect your cash flow. So it's right there in front of you when you're looking at it. And, the, you know, even on us for anything that's value add, you know, where we're renovating these old apartment buildings, our insurance premiums have doubled the last yep. 12 to 24 months. But then also on the flip insurance, it has been a complete nightmare. And we flipped you know, we have a builder's risk policy. We've been flipping for 20 years. We have almost no claims on our insurance during that 20 years. And right now, like I was just looking at a quote on a flip property that we just bought and our cost for the flip insurance was 4754 And that is, there is nothing that is refundable. That is, it's a non-refundable policy. So if we sell that in four months, the policy is written for a year, we're out that money. On average, a lot of these flip properties make forty-five grand, and on this one, it was a bigger one where it was more of a hundred thousand dollar profit. But that's four to five percent of the net profit yep. now is being paid to the insurance. That's it. You know, if you're doing ten deals a year, that's a lot of money, and it's eating up the margins. And it's a real cost, and it's definitely affecting. You know, it's, I've seen it affect more of the rental buyers. And, and and they're the ones complaining about it. The flippers are so short term, they're not really looking at it. But when you really break down that cost, it compounds rapidly. Well, it's funny you said that because when we, we broke out the responses uh, about insurance for flippers versus uh, rental property owners, the concern was more top of mind for flippers than it was for rental property owners. So about 80% of flippers noted that they were thinking about insurance as an issue. Um, and 74% said it was a little bit of an issue, a little bit of a hindrance today. But only 9% uh, said it was a really big challenge uh, or expected it to be one of their top three challenges in the future. Uh, on the other hand, um, about 69% of, of rental property investors, so 11% lower, thought that insurance was a factor in their decision making today. 
uh, and only 62% cited it as a hindrance. But when you look at, at how they viewed it in terms of whether it was a top challenge, rental property owners you know, were, were twice, more than twice as likely uh, to look at it as a major a problem. Almost 30% uh, said it was a challenge today, and 25% said they expected it to be a top three challenge in the future. So what you're saying makes makes perfect sense. The flippers know it's an issue, but it doesn't appear to be a practical matter for them probably because they're not holding the property that long. Uh, so if you can build that higher cost that you were talking about into your sales price, you know maybe you can adjust accordingly. But for the rental property owners, it, it's a longer term problem. Yeah. And it's, it's also the process that has slowed things down. I mean, I've insured hundreds and hundreds of properties and flip development. And now they want to go look at the properties every time. It's We used to just send photos, our, our scope of work, and they'd be like, cool, we're done. They're like, oh, we need to do an interior inspection. And it's, it, 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 it is a, definitely a different process. It slows things down. It's a lot more expensive. Sure. It does really affect the returns. I just haven't seen it affect the sediment much. That's, that, that's the crazy thing. Now that we've discussed Rick's report, we're going to switch our attention to a new Flippers report from Adam Data right after this. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. You've had a long day, and when you get home, waiting for you is a frozen dinner? No, I think you deserve better, and thankfully, Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat, fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted meals are here to help. Fuel your body with what it needs with over 35 delicious dietitian approved weekly options. And that includes options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto Meals. And they're all ready in just two minutes. We're talking about restaurant quality meals here that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. That's right. There's no prep here. There's no dishes. And there's no more messy meals. We've done the math here and figured out that Factor is actually less expensive than takeout. Plus, as we said, every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. You can get as many of these meals as you want or as little as you want, and you can choose whatever meals you want each and every week. If you want to pause or reschedule your deliveries, you can do that anytime. You also have breakfast options like pancakes, you can get midday snacks, you can get smoothies, and much more. I just ate lunch just a couple of minutes ago, and I'm getting hungry right now just thinking about Factor Meals. So head to factormeals.com slash market50 and use code market50 to get 50% off. That's code market50 at factormeals.com slash market50 to get 50% off. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make your moves count. Bought a rental? That's a move. Made some serious stock gains? That's a move. Quit your job to go full-time on your side hustle? That's a move. Relocated for a fresh start? Okay, that's literally a move. Your moves made a big difference in your life last year. 
Now it's time to make the most of your moves. Whether you moved on from a job, made moves in your own business, did some side hustling, or house flipped your way to financial freedom, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction that you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy, and getting your max refund guaranteed. Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. TurboTax will make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 for three months required. New subscribers only. Renew for 12 months to lock in savings. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com. So on top of the data that you've been collecting, Rick, there is a recent report from Adam talking about trends in the flipping industry Can you tell us a little bit about what they've found? Because this whole industry seems to be facing sort of an identity crisis or something right now. Can you help describe what's going on here? Yeah, again, I I, I hate to be boring, but it's math. Not that many properties available for sale. There's almost no foreclosures, which flippers have have long uh, been very interested in buying. And sales volume across the country in terms of, of home sales has been declining year over year and month over month. I think we're at 27 consecutive months now where we've sold fewer homes than we did the the year before. So not a huge surprise, but we're seeing fewer properties flipped. I, I believe in Adam's last report, which was their Q3 uh, 2023 report, they showed that uh, about about 72, 73,000 flips happened in the third quarter. Uh, that was down pretty significantly from from the prior quarter and way, way off from the year before. And it's, it's reflective of that sales volume. I mean, o- overall home sales volume is down you know, about 20% year over year. Um, so, so not surprising that, that the number of flips would, would go down uh, as well. The light at the end of the tunnel, though, is that uh, the flippers who are successfully selling properties uh, are seeing their margins improve. Now, that, now, these are, Adam only tracks gross margins, so we can't really account for costs. But if you look at, at the price purchased versus the price sold, uh, that number's uh, at least been improving a bit, which is, which is good news for flippers. Yeah, I think the, all the fear in the market for the last 12 months definitely created a lot wider margins for flips. Yep. And at the end of the day, flipping is one of the riskiest asset classes that you can be in. You're, you're buying something, it, you're doing a heavy uh, value add typically, you're buying it with expensive debt, and you're looking at trying to achieve a very high return. And what we've seen is, is the access to capital has also gotten very expensive for flippers. Yeah. A couple of years, financing was seven eight percent for short term flipping debt and that's not normal you know typically construction hard money debt is 10 to 12 percent it's been that historically since 2005 and the access to capital really got people in a frenzy and so people are buying on very slim margins and now what i feel is as as this debt's increased a lot of flippers at the end of 2022 and 23, they felt their interest payments rise because they were on adjustable rate hard money loans. And their their payments go, went from 7% to 10, 11. And that cash suck really spooked people. 
And then when they saw the the sudden depreciation when the rates spiked, it also hurt a lot of people on the way out the door. But so what we've seen is we've seen this exodus of like the 75% flippers and the 25% were still able to obtain some very good deep discount buys to where our spreads have almost doubled the last 12 months. Wow. Well, it's it's almost been unfair. I mean, it's been piling on for for flippers. We, we just got done talking about, you know, insurance premiums doubling. You talked about the fact that the premium you had on a flip was was non-refundable. So even though you maybe only had the property for three or four months, you were paying for a full year. So you have that. You have the cost of repairs uh, between uh, materials and labor go up about 7% year over year. You have higher finance costs. You know, you're, you're seeing rates go from 7% to 11 or 12%. Uh, and then, you know, on, on top of all of that, a lot of flippers are having a hard time getting a loan at all. Uh, I, I, I've talked to some lenders. I've talked to some investors uh, who, who basically have, have acknowledged that unless you have a track record right now, uh, a lot of the, the, the finance companies won't touch you uh, because they, they, they don't want to take on the risk uh, in today's market. So it's it's kind of fascinating that we're seeing as many flips as we are if you if you kind of calculate all of those things into it. And the, the price increases I've been talking about in terms of home price appreciation have been recovering, but I'm not sure they've been recovering strong enough to offset all that. Uh, most recent numbers I saw from the FHFA, which uh, you know is, is what handles all of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac backed loans, was it year over year home prices are up between five and six percent? That's good, but does that really cover everything that that we just talked about? And those home buyers who would buy from a flipper have affordability issues themselves because they're they're not mm -hmm. able to finance that purchase with three and a half four percent mortgages anymore. So they 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 have to scale back the price they can pay. So it's really been a a rough market for for flipping over the last few quarters. I suspect it will start to feel better as we get through twenty twenty four. Uh, I, I don't expect home prices will soar this year, uh, but I, I do think they'll be net positive. And I, I do think interest rates will start to come down gradually over the course of the year. So market conditions should improve a little bit for flippers, but it, it's not going to be what it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, we saw a big jolt in the market the last week. We sold a lot of properties that were flipped that were kind of sitting throughout December. Yep. Um, and and we're, we're definitely seeing a jolt. And, you know, I think the complexity that you're talking about has created these wider margins, right? The, the higher construction costs, higher debt costs, harder to get access to financing if you don't have a track record or liquidity. And the, the more complex an asset class, the bigger the margin typically. Has to be. It, has, to, it has be. to be yep. worth the risk because we're doing right now about 35 to 40 percent of our normal volume because there's less opportunities out there. But when we perform out our profit, we're, we're projecting higher profits than we did the past two years on a reduced volume. The complexity is also allowing you to kind of work smart. You can pick and choose your deals. You can get into them. Yep. And it's it's pretty crazy because we're working half the amount of capital. We are doing half the amount of projects and we're projecting the same, if not more profit for the year. And so as long as you can line everything up, it's it's really worth the risk but you have to kind of control those costs, those construction costs, uh, debt costs uh, to make it work. Uh, you know, there's one thing I would love to see in your report, the sediment of construction costs between builders and flippers. Because right now what mm -hmm. we're seeing 
is like, I know when I talk to builders, like, oh yeah, my costs are going down. They feel better about the building. They're like, it's, you know, it's been coming down five, 10% the last 12 months. But if you talk to flippers, their costs are still going up because it's a different trade market. And so the sediment between the two uh, investors is, is so different the last 12 months. It'd be a really interesting kind of fact to look at. Yeah, there, there are a couple categories if you're looking at, at things like building materials and, and, and appliances and so forth, where prices have been settling down. Uh, most notably, lumber is down pretty significantly year over year. And, and candidly, that's probably more of an issue for a construction person than it is for a flipper. Um, a flipper is probably going to be looking more at things like paint and carpeting than they are at, at raw lumber. And so th- those categories, unfortunately, have not come down. Uh, <laughs> one of the categories we've seen that the fastest price increases in, and I don't know why, uh, is doors. Yes. Um, and, and, and so, you know, you have these little kind of quirky things that, that, that will, will hit your bottom line sometimes. But what, what you're saying tracks with the Adam report, uh, by, by the way. They were looking at gross margins in the third quarter of about 30%. And that was up from 22% a year ago. So again, I think the flippers that are in today's market are probably more experienced. Uh, they probably know what they're doing. Uh, and, and so they're being very selective about the deals they, they take on. And I'm also optimistic that like you, they're seeing their net margins improve because they're figuring out uh, where they can save money in, in whether it's materials, labor, or or financing, maybe they're getting better rates than some other folks are because of you know longstanding relationships. So, I, I, I do think for for people that are kind of experienced flippers, there's still opportunities. The other thing that uh, I, I don't believe was uh, necessarily called out in the Adam report, but but we're seeing elsewhere is you know the, the markets you're working in matter a whole lot as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we are seeing a lot of activity kind of moving into the south, the southeast, and the, even the Midwest. Uh, where properties, you know, frankly, are more affordable and where we're also seeing population and jobs move. So, you know, I, I and, and Dave's probably sick of hearing me say this because we talk about it I think, every <laughs> time we talk. But if I'm an investor, I want to look for a market where population is growing and where there's job growth. And if you have positive numbers in both of those, you're probably going to have a pretty good housing market, both for, for owner occupants and for rentals. So, you know, that's that's something I think, you know, savvy investors are probably keeping an eye on today. Well, Rick, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights with us. We really appreciate your time. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys, and let's do it again soon. Thanks, Rick. All right, James, I have I have several questions for you, but my first one is, you said something pretty crazy on that show, that you're doing basically half the amount of volume that you were doing, but are projecting similar, even higher profits. So where is that bigger margin coming from? The bigger margin is coming from working smarter right now. And, and what's happened is the market's gotten tougher to finance your deal, do the renovations, do the construction. And, you know, flippers appetite right now is they're, they're still a little worried about the market. And so they're staying away from more complex construction projects. And because we're willing to kind of take on, you know, for us as investors, we want to target the best returns. Now, I don't want to do brain damage on these properties and rebuild them all. That's not that enjoyable. It's a long process. Mm-hmm. But we saw the margins double because there's so much more risk and complexity behind those deals as far as the permitting, the construction, the amount of cash you need. And it's created this void. 
And so because we can get them so much cheaper, we're able to leverage more on those properties. We have better loan to value. That's less cash in the deal. There's less competition on them. So the walk-in profit is already substantially higher. And it's really allowing us to double our cash on cash returns because we're getting better leverage and we're getting deeper margins. And we don't have to bid things up anymore. We can negotiate on logic. And the, the logic is the costs are high to fix this property. You got to come down in price. That makes sense. Well, that's good for you. I mean, it does make sense that people who are more experienced are are more active right now and taking on the bigger projects. Do you think it's going to change? Because you sit in a very interesting seat. Your company flips a lot of houses every year, but you also, as an agent, work with a lot of flippers too. So do you see more flippers eager to jump back into the market or maybe take on more risk in the coming year? Uh, 100% we are seeing that. I probably have a line of clients out the door trying to get investment property. A lot of flippers that had taken a break for a minute or, you know, even rental buyer acquisition, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as they're predicting that rates are going to fall, they're getting back in line to buy. And it's kind of a little bit unfortunate for half of them because they missed a lot of really good deals. And I'm starting to see the margins already shrink the last 60 days on what we're looking at purchasing. There's a lot more competition ramping up. And I know in the Pacific Northwest, the sediment is people are jumping in. They think rates are going to be lower. They think appreciation is going to pop up. And they think that their cash flow is going to improve a lot. And it is, I would say the investor demand locally where I am has quadrupled over the last 60 days. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, you do miss out. Like if you wait and try and time the market, you probably miss the best part of it because you're already, you wait until people are getting great returns. And then by the time you jump back in, it's already the best possible time has passed. But it's good to hear that sentiment is increasing, even if that might compress margins a little bit in the next year or so. Just, I think the more transaction we can get, the better for the housing market. Yeah, and there needs to be, there always needs to be a certain amount of investor activity in the market, right? The the end users can't consume most of the product that we're buying. And, you know, for a while, I will say these sellers were kind of getting, they were selling their properties for substantially less. They really missed the market because they had no demand. And so the the silver lining behind that is a lot of these people that have owned properties for a long time that want to sell them, they're going to be in a better position to, 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 to recapture their equity again. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing your insights and your personal sentiment about the market, James. We really appreciate it. Just as a reminder to anyone listening, if you do want to check out my book, it is the last day to get the free planner and all the bonuses. Go to biggerpockets.com slash strategy book to check that out. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week for more episodes of On the Market. On the Market was created by me, Dave Meyer, and Kalen Bennett. The show is produced by Kalen Bennett with editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting is by Calico Content, and we want to extend a big thank you to everyone at Bigger Pockets for making this show possible. Braving the real estate investing journey on your own can be a bit daunting. Doubts tend to creep up and stifle your ambition, and you start asking yourself questions like, is this actually a good deal? Did I run the numbers right? What if I can't find a tenant? Can I even afford this place? And what if I lose my job? But whatever you're going through, whatever questions are swirling through your head, rest assured that we've all been there. 
And the good thing is that there's a good way to overcome your doubts and hesitations. And that's with a healthy dose of knowledge, networking, and accountability. And that's just what you'll find in our newly released 2024 summer boot camps. After these eight action-packed weeks of step-by-step guidance from expert investors, weekly video modules, live Q&As, interactive assignments, and new friends to hold you accountable, you'll be ready to tackle your first or your next deal with full confidence and expertise. Choose from the small multifamily bootcamp or the short-term rental one, rookie bootcamp, and make sure to register by April 12th to get the lowest prices because prices do go up. So head to biggerpockets.com slash enroll me today. That's biggerpockets.com slash enroll me. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investments in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.